When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. Today, we are here, as always, with our super producer, Noel the Cameo Brown. Ah, the Cameo. That is foreshadowing Ben it's a little bit of foreshadowing yes guy it's also a uh, it's also a very unfair hint to you my friend uh, because this is a mystery show this is Ben's mystery show number three a hint for me a hint for you cameo is a, is a hint for me Noel cameo Brown okay all right. It gives me nothing. <laughs> I know it's the worst clue yeah. ever, <laughs> which is so which is so unfair. So uh, this is you know everybody knows the uh, the shtick by now. Sure. We we surprise each other with some of these, uh, but before before we get into it, um, we have a couple of uh, tangential things that we wanted to follow up on, and one of those being that uh, you guys responded with some limericks for us when we mentioned that you know we're we're fine to read a limerick as long as it's the kind of limerick you would you know read to your mom or your kids yeah pg-13 at the most at the most we're going for pg here really right uh and we got a few uh scott you read some from our buddy aaron cooper earlier in an episode and today we've got not only a limerick but a longer poetic piece yeah i guess so i mean i thought it was kind of uh, initially i thought these were limericks strewn together and that's kind of what it is ben they're kind of like uh one long limerick it's like an uber limerick yeah typically limericks are what four or five lines something Mm -hmm. like that um but uh this is a little bit longer but we're still going to read it right yeah okay so this one comes from uh from a listener named henry Yes, from Henry out in New Zealand. Henry, uh, we're going to go ahead and just read this as is. And I am not going to attempt to do anything other than my regular American accent. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Come on. I'm not going to do that. You're good at that. <laughs> oh, you're way too kind. Okay. We, we get the show in trouble. Here we go. 
Scott and Ben, I'll give you 10 out of 10 for a show so cool my motor mouth drools. The soft tire one went down like a song, which made me wonder how would you go when you're stuck in thick snow? Propulsion from a screw? If someone made it, then who? The old Fordson, it seemed, could drive over cream. The Russians made one, gave the West a stun. You can still buy them in Aussie for mud work, nothing glossy. Prepare to pay the price and count your nickels twice. They are especially made, so the company wants to get paid quite a lot of cheese to get one of these. He said, anyway, hi guys. So, hey Henry, uh, thanks for taking the time to, uh, write, to write to us, uh, in, in this, cause this references several different episodes we've done. It does, yeah. And you know, not a traditional lim- limerick, but, uh, no. but I like it. Good, uh, yeah. good effort on that one. I, the, um, and I initially thought that this was, uh, you know, three or four different limericks kind of, uh, you know, in a line together. That, sure. Uh, somehow matched up, but, uh, it's all, it's all one piece. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, Coherent narrative, my yeah. uh, my professors would call it. Nice work, and we have one. Uh, we have one also that comes from another listener. That's, that's true. Uh, a regular listener to the show. Of course, mm-hmm. everybody knows Rudy Smith. Yeah, I feel like Rudy. I feel like we need to give you your own sound cue at this point. Uh, <laughs> Probably. We'll, we'll see if we can work something out. Just Maybe write to us and tell us what kind of sound cue you want. <laughs> Remember, we're a clean show. <laughs> that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. So he also wrote a limerick, and yeah, uh, and this one is more along the traditional line here. So, okay. Um, oh, this one's about the Smoky Eunuch episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. So here, here we go. You want me to read it? Mm, please do. All right. There once was a racer named Eunuch with a lawyerly grasp of the rulebook. After each race he won, the officials were stunned, but the fans found it all therapeutic. Oh, nice. Not bad. Yeah, huh? not bad at all. Very topical. Yeah, nice. yeah. I like it. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's a clever use there of the uh, slant rhymes as well. Uh, yeah, that's true. That was well done. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well done, Mr. S. Very good. So uh, we're getting uh, quite a few submissions on these, and yeah. um, all we had to do is ask. And if you would like to uh, be a part of that, if you want to send us a limerick, um, you know, the the dirty ones are fine, too. I will laugh. Uh, we probably I probably won't be able to get it on the air. No. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, but yeah, let us know. Uh, and we love to hear from you. You can always uh, email us. Uh, we usually say our address at the end, but for those of you who love spoilers, it's carstuff at howstuffworks dot com. Yeah, that's where you can type the limerick. If you hear something today that inspires you, which reminds me back to the subject at hand, Scott. Last time you had me in the hot seat, I did on Scott's mystery show number four, and today is my turn. Today is your turn, and this is, okay, just so you know and that everybody else knows, this is a question that uh, has a subjective answer, okay. okay? So there's no wrong answer in this. I want you to not feel stressed. Just breathe in, you know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank Get, you. I was you know. a little tense over here. I know. I saw you literally scoot to the edge of your seat. Yeah. And I was I, like, are you going to sit that way for the you, whole show? It's like the old... Uh, Monster truck events. You, you <laughs> buy the whole seat, but you only need the edge. That's great. Are you uh, Are you ready? I'm Perfect. ready. You are prepared. You're in sound. I'm not prepared. Sound I'm, health in mind. I'm ready. Uh, well, let's just say I'm ready. Okay. All right. Ready as you'll ever be. Yeah. Here is my question for you today. This mystery episode is a question, Scott Benjamin. Do you pick up hitchhikers? I can answer this with one word. Uh, oh, 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 okay. There's more to it. Would you pick up hitchhikers? And this this goes into 
just think about this because this goes into other things as well. This isn't just hitchhikers. This is also, let's say, let's make it a little bit more broad, stopping to help somebody, a stranger on the side of the road, you know, changing a tire or whatever. What's your take on it? I feel like I know what you're going to say. All right. Have you, uh, and have you ever? I, in the past I have and not a hitchhiker, but somebody whose car I had just passed on the highway that was broken down and they were headed to the next exit. Yeah. And I knew where they're headed. I mean, you could see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after a momentary discussion of you know what's going on, what do you need here? Sure, I just need to get to that gas station right there. I know that it could have been a setup. I get all that. You know the dangers involved with this, and I right. feel like we've we've touched on this. Just we recently. have mentioned it before. Yeah, very recently too mm-hmm. uh, about being a good citizen. You know, it's it's harder right. and harder to trust anybody these days. But this was a, a while back, and it's happened more than once. You know, I've I've helped other people on the side of the road, and I got to say I'm doing it less frequently now. Uh, because I'm just too cautious about it. I'm too, too concerned. But I have, yes, I've picked up somebody and taken them for, you know, that mile and a half drive to the gas station. Yeah. And made sure you've got, you know, change at this time, you know, back then. Right. You got change for the phone. Yeah. You know, no, one, no one does it. Because no one's carrying a cell phone back then. Yeah, that shows us how long ago it was. You can't just here. sit in, the, in your car and call somebody to, to arrive on the roadside. You had to yeah. either wait for somebody to arrive or, you know. Or just luck into something. Just schlep it with that can of gas. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I saw clearly what was happening. I was uh-huh. able to help the person out, you know, just take them to that, you know, gas station two miles away, and that's mm-hmm. about it. But mm-hmm. uh, And you feel good about doing something like that. Um, you know, or if you can pull over and help them, you know, somehow get the car going again or whatever. But, right. Uh, yeah, recently I haven't done this, and I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody and really yeah yeah and i i, I tell you i know it's a, a very cynical way to see things and mm-hmm. I, I i'm sorry that it's that way now but i but i am a bit cynical about it now but i've just read too many accounts of that happening you know where it's a setup right or it's um you know somebody with uh, with really bad intentions um or, or it just turns into something bad you know, maybe they really were broken down but they took advantage of the situation or yeah maybe okay so here is the I won't call it an urban legend, but here's like the campfire story version of the these sorts of cautionary tales. And I completely understand what you're saying, so correct me if I'm wrong on this. The story usually goes that there is someone, usually late at night, right, pulled over, the hood's up, they're standing by the hood, looking at the engine, maybe their emergency lights are on, maybe they got their hazard switched on. And someone pulls over to say, hey, I'll be a good Samaritan. Maybe I can give them a ride uh, if they just need gas, or maybe I can at least get them someplace where they can use a phone. They're not on the side of the road. But instead, what happens in these stories is that the person pretending to be a victim pulls out a gun, robs the the would-be uh the would-be Samaritan, and then takes off in their car, which was fine the whole time. Yeah, sure. Worst-case scenario, right? Yeah, probably well, doesn't have license plates. And there's a lot of other things that can happen as well, we know. We don't really need to go sure, into details. You can right. let your imagination fill in what that might be. Right, and it could go all the way up yeah. to homicide. Yeah, sure. Now, now, knowing that that is a possibility, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that, that really can happen, and, and we do read about real accounts of that happening. Sure. What, what's your opinion on this? What do you, what do, you do? Well, I have until until my girlfriend made me stop i always stopped on the side of the road if i could if i could swing it to to help people out because you know we talked about this in the past there are a lot of people and part of it might be just 
the city we live in here, but there are a lot of people here who don't know the first thing about their vehicle, like how to change the, like how, how to change the tire or the fact that you have to put stuff in the radiator. If your radiator is empty and the car is overheating, mm-hmm. you know, the, the things that would seem very simple to us listeners are, are things that are also kind of quick fixes and not necessarily debilitating, but for people who don't know about it, who knows how long they'd be stranded there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people, like you said, that just no real, like the, the most simple basic understanding of, of why that car is broken down on the side of the road, why it overheated. Cause it, you know, the belt broke, right? They won't think to look that the belt broke and that made the fan not spin and that made the car overheat. Exactly. So they won't, they won't understand that. So sometimes it's very helpful to you, for you to just stop by and say, look, this car is not going anywhere. You need to call somebody or I'll call right. somebody and right. come help you or just wait, you know, wait 20 minutes. You got, uh, you know, a case of, of cold water in the back there. Yeah. Pour a few bottles of that in there, just enough to get yeah. yourself to the next gas station or you know next service station. Sure, and, and you know you can you can exactly. offer sometimes you can offer simple explanations or solutions like that to people, and and they'll they'll be super happy. They'll be very grateful for that. Now I've run into I've run into um, <laughs> a wide range of people with their reactions. I've never had somebody try to rob me or anything like that, but I also have a couple pretty strict rules. I'm never going to lend someone my phone, even just hand it to them in front of me. Yep. I'll ask them within call and I'll say it. Uh, but I have run into probably the worst, probably the worst case scenario. I pulled over while we were, our office was still in Buckhead and I stopped to uh, help a lady who had a flat tire mm-hmm. and she was incredibly entitled and I didn't, you know, didn't say thank you. Was rude. Uh, I think her response was something like "about time." Oh, when really? I showed up, wow! And so my response was, "Do you need help?" And she said, "Of course, I can't change a tire." So like she's saying, "It's about time someone pulled over to help me." Yeah, wow. Real Instead of story. "Oh my gosh, everybody's been passing me. Thank you so much for stopping." Yeah, I guess she was having a bad day, but like wow. Boy Scout code compels me to yeah. do that kind of okay. stuff. You and I are kind of in the same position because I, I was one to pull over and help people change tires. And I would pull over and, you know, eh, just make sure they're okay if the car was overheating on the side of the mm-hmm. road or, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. You know, when you can see there's something clearly wrong and no one's around to help. There's a, there's no tow truck in sight. There's sure. no police officer there right. or whatever. The situation's not under control. You're trying to just get, lend a hand. Yeah. And, and I would do that. But there, there was a point, I guess, and maybe it's when, you know, I became engaged or something, or maybe uh, when I had a family. I don't remember when yeah. this all stopped, but I really don't consider it all that much anymore. I don't even, I don't even think about it. I think, okay, I see. I, when you, when you were no longer I, Scott the Shark, you know, Benjamin. I, I, I mean, sure, I'll help out people. Like if somebody here in the office, uh, recently somebody needed a jump start. Yeah. I, okay. I helped them with that right here in the parking lot. You know, in the in the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody that says, uh, you know, I'm having a real problem. My key's not fitting in the door of my car. I don't know what's going on. There's something, yeah. maybe something in there. I'll, I'll gladly go out and check that out. Or if a neighbor comes over, because this happened uh, within the last year or so, mm-hmm. a neighbor said, I put the key in the ignition and it won't turn. There's a there's, it's like a lock kind of obstruction. You know, the cylinder's locked somehow, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I, I would look up information, in, you know, in, on the the website for the company and see if I can find out, you know, a quick fix mm-hmm. and go out and help them with that. But uh, somebody that I just pass on the side of the road now any, anymore, and I hate to say this, Ben. There's just too many bad things that can happen, and we we do hear about them now, through, right? You know, through right. the, the instant news that we get from everywhere. 
but I, I feel like stuff like this has happened all along. It's just you don't you didn't hear about it. Maybe. Well, okay, I I respectfully disagree a little because okay. because how much of it is a fear culture, and then how much of it is regional? We know that n- bad news sells much more successfully than good news. Mm-hmm. Stranger changes someone's tire. They become Facebook friends. That's not newsworthy. No, and that happens probably 100 times a day in this state. Right. That happens more often, you think, because people in general are uh, are relatively good to strangers just because we all have, all of us except for the real psychopaths, have this idea that um, it feels good to help people. Sure. Right. And that's one of that's one of the uh, drives that most individual humans have. I want to the reason I wanted to ask about this is because I wonder, you know, if it does differ by region, like surely if you're going through a really bad part of Gary, Indiana, you're not going to stop. Right. Unless you're familiar with the territory. Uh, the, the another thing with uh, hitchhiking is that hitchhiking used to be much more common in this country. Right. Uh, especially through the 50s and the 60s. Yes. Far, far more common uh, back in the 60s and even in the 1970s. Right. Right. Yeah. So there would be these uh, there, there was a, a thing like people will sometimes think that hitchhiking in the U.S. was entirely something with the hippie movement. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a flower child just trying to get to hate Ashbury or whatever. And I, I don't know where flowers and do LSD. And but the the thing is, before the Second World War, it was a common practice for many people. And part of that, I think, I think it comes from two factors. One, until the 70s, there was a big disparity between the number of ma- male drivers and female drivers. Mm-hmm. And then number two, uh, before the post World War II economic boom, car ownership was much lower. Amidst the population. So you've got a lot of males driving vehicles and not females. Mm-hmm. Females need to ride somewhere and if people, they don't have access to that. Right, or a bus ticket or something. People in general are less likely to own a car. Okay, so fewer vehicles. Right. And, uh, and, and okay, I get it. I understand that. So there's a, uh, probably a, uh, a group of females that that need ride, uh, you know, whether it's across town or whether it's to the next town over, right? Uh, something like that, right? So um, it's just far more accepted practice at that point. It was like, well, of course you can do that, and it's safe. Yeah, it's and generally safe. Generally safe. Yeah. It wasn't as quite a. Uh, it wasn't quite as uh, foolhardy as it seems today. And so there, there's this history. There's a great New York Times article you can read about this called hitchhiking's time has come again or something. And I think that's a little bit optimistic, but uh, because those dangers, however exaggerated they may be, Scott, they're real. I've picked up hitchhikers. I've hitchhiked. Uh, I, you have hitchhiked yourself. Yeah. Not in this country, but I have really? hitchhiked. Oh, okay. Okay. So you lived in Guatemala. Right. And for... that's where I hitchhiked. Okay. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was an accepted practice. And there. I, yeah. And I did it once in um, England and it wasn't as it like, it wasn't a big deal or anything. I think in England, I offered because I had no idea how big London was, and uh, I was going to a place far outside of London. Yeah, and so I like offered the guy gas money or, or petrol petrol pounds, I guess, yeah. and uh, and he took it. But he was he was a uh, pretty laid back. 
cool guy. So obviously everything worked out perfectly everything fine for you. Everything worked no out. Problem. You know, I think I mentioned recently I was in uh, Hawaii for part of a vacation. Yeah. And that was, I was shocked by the number of hitchhikers in Hawaii on the different islands, several different islands. Really? It seemed like the people that were hitchhiking, this is kind of a funny thing. Were they, they surfers? Or well, they would, well, there was that. And then they would also stand at, um, at the bus stop and hitchhike. So if the bus didn't arrive for, you know, it's so like whichever happened first, whether oh, I get a ride yeah. or whether I get this bus, you know, the next bus is coming. Mm-hmm. So it saves you a couple bucks, I guess, you know, to get across the island. Yeah. You know, that way, I, I guess that makes sense. And I think it's, I, I think maybe Hawaii is a good example there because just by the nature of being an island, not as many people are going to be able to afford cars. Oh, possibly. It seemed like there was a significant amount of traffic while I was there. I, mean, I, I don't imagine know if so. That might just be, uh, you know, tourist rental vehicles. You know, I don't know if that's all local traffic. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, was, it was just, it struck me as unusual that I saw so many because we're at a point now where we don't see quite as many hitchhikers on the road, at least where I've been traveling recently. I've taken a lot of road trips. Recently. Yeah, absolutely not. Like if you see, a, if you see a hitchhiker nowadays, at least in Atlanta, most of the hitchhikers I see are people who are clearly like unwashed, living off the grid, you know, whereas, and not that there's anything wrong with that, of course, but you know, uh, counter, counterculture, I guess, is the yeah. most fair way to say Good it. Way to say it. Sure. Where, whereas uh, a few decades back, people would be maybe even like the 70s and the 80s, uh, people would just be hitchhiking. Yeah, you got a college kid trying to get home for Christmas. Right, something like that. Yeah, and, and you know, we're trying to get a ride on the, uh, you know, that was the other version of this, I guess, would What's be that? trying to get a ride using the uh, university bulletin board. Oh, the yeah, same yeah, idea. Yeah. You tack a note up that said, and this is a long time ago, but you tack right. a note up that says, I'm headed to, um, well, you said Gary, Indiana. Let's say Gary, Indiana. <laughs> headed to Gary, Indiana for the the, the, um, the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Uh, here's the days that I'd like to travel. Are you going that way? Or something like yeah. that. You know, and somebody up. would, yeah, exactly. So that's like the old way of doing it. And it's it's not quite hitchhiking, but it's close to it. I mean. <laughs> yeah, people still do that. Uh, right. Just sure. using the internet. Yeah. Uh, and if we go back, just the quick trace of the history here, the big transformation occurs in the 60s and 70s when we see a lot of, uh, like, we see a lot of stuff that's anti-system, right? So not just hippies, but also, like, civil rights advocates, protesters are hitchhiking to demonstrations and stuff. Um, in the 1950s, the late 1950s, that's when the FBI began warning motorists against picking up hitchhikers, you know? The 1950s? Drifters, late 1950s. Wow, I wouldn't That's when they it, started. I would not have expected it was that early. I would think that that would have happened uh, in the 1970s or something. Yeah, but yeah. Once, once uh, you know, it seemed to be more pop culture, you know, something more that, uh, uh, I guess, that, that it was more, a greater acceptance of it, I guess. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was accepted for a long period of time. I mean, uh, we're talking, like you said, decades here in the United States. Yeah. And, and even now, in these pockets, these regions of the world, um, it's really not uncommon to see a hitchhiker. Yet, uh, I don't know. I could probably count the hitchhikers that I've seen in in you know the uh, the, the lower forty eight here. I guess you yeah. Know, all the road trips that I've been on in the last couple of years, I could probably count the number of hitchhikers on two hands. You know, less than ten uh, on the highways. Actually, walking the highways, you know, with the big backpack and saying, you know, uh, 
Seattle or bust or whatever they happen to have on yeah. their sign. You know? Here's one of the, I'm just going to show this to you. Here's one of the FBI public warning posters oh, about the dangers of hitchhiking so the, from the uh, 1950s. So the, the ghost, ghosted skull behind, uh, you know, the guy that says, uh, what is it? Death in disguise. Death in disguise. Yeah. Well-dressed like, hitchhiker. Yeah. Who's yeah. going to, who's going to kill you. The, the thing is though, Scott, that, um, well, that's, that's the other point you bring up is yeah. that, you know, is it the hitchhiker that's the dangerous one, or is it the person picking up the hitchhiker that's the dangerous one? Ah, yes. Because it, it works both ways in this situation, doesn't it? Yeah, and full disclosure uh, for listeners, Scott, you and I have worked on and are working on a series for a different show, which concerns uh, some true crime. Yeah, and hitchhiking. And hitchhiking. Yeah, and some of the, uh, just the inherent dangers with, with uh, the hitchhiking lifestyle. Whenever I've picked up a hitchhiker, it it never there was never anything dangerous and i know you're playing a numbers game at that point right because eventually something might happen but the the worst that would happen is my car would smell kind of bad as as i know that sounds terrible my car might smell kind of bad or um it might be a situation where somebody's trying to get stuff from me like oh can you know oh i sure could use a couple bucks and I'm like, hey, I could use a couple bucks for gas, like, but uh, I'm giving you a ride, and right? You're also asking me for money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I see. I see like, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not a callous person, but uh, the you know, I'm also not a person who carries around 150 dollars, saying, "Boy, I hope I can give this away to a stranger." Also, okay, this see every little thing that you bring up here brings up more problems because what do you do then? You pull out, you do pull out your wallet. Uh, and yeah. you open it up and there's, you know, maybe they'll say there's $80 in there or whatever. Sure. Whoa. You know, well, I don't know, or whatever. Ballin'. And and you pull out a, a $10 bill and hand it to the guy. He's like, oh, well, that other 70 would be awful nice. Maybe I should, uh, you know, press you for that. Yeah, it's right. Like all these little thoughts go through your head like, well, I'm not going to, you know, show him that I have $80. I'm not comfortable handing that much over. But, yeah, but, Scott, that being said, I've met some pretty cool people uh, when I was – when I would pick someone up, but also I'm the guy who, if I don't think I'll get in trouble with my girlfriend, if I don't think I'll get caught, you know, and I'm, I'm driving by, especially in Atlanta in the summer when it's crazy hot. And I see somebody that's clearly walking to the train station that's just down the road. Then I'm fine with pulling over and saying, you know, do you want to ride if it's daytime? Because if I pull over, like I look, I'm not a creepy guy, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Uh, no, no, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing because I'm my follow up question is. But go ahead. Uh, I'm not a creepy guy, but I'll totally pull over. And um, especially if I know if someone's a familiar face in the neighborhood yeah. and say, hey, I'm heading down to this. The train station is on the way. Do you want to ride? OK, totally understandable. I completely get what you're saying. But however, <laughs> OK, here's here's the problem with what you're talking about. All right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure that other listeners are thinking the same thing. You let your car, you know, kind of slow, slowly roll up to maybe that uh, that college co-ed that, you know, is walking to the, the train station. You say, uh, hey, yeah. you need a lift to the train station. Right. What is she going to think? Serial you know? killer. Well, that's maybe what she thinks. And, and you know, like you said, you're not like a creepy looking guy. You're well dressed. You're you know, oh, well groomed. You know, it's not anything like that. The car is in decent condition. Uh, but all the stuff that has been, you know. Put into her head sure. over her, you know, short lifespan. Yeah, you know, the last 10, 15 years or whatever that she's been really paying attention to news items and things, you know, sure, sure. disappearances or whatever. Um, all that's got to be something that that she's thinking of. So I should just uh, I should just pull over very quickly 
and then ask in like a low voice, like, pretty hot outside. You want to ride to the train station? And then no matter what the person says, I should laugh maniacally. Oh, Ben. I should laugh maniacally. So many images are going through my head right no, now. No, but it's okay, crazy. but also I see what you're saying and this is this is weird because this is an actual discussion that I've had with my girlfriend and I I decided of my own volition though. I, I was like, well I'm still gonna if I drive by and I see some like old older person hobbling around, then of course I'm gonna offer them a ride. Absolutely. And, and I think you should. And I and you know, a lot of people wouldn't. But then if I see um I was like, but if I see a young lady, I feel like it's already such a potentially creepy situation that unless it's an emergency, I'm not going to help. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, young women of America. But but listen, what what about this, though? If you, you know yourself, you know that you've got good intentions. Right. But you know that they can't you, know that. Well, no, but but the, here's the other side of this, too. There's so many different things. Again, everything is bringing up another topic. But yeah. You know that you don't have any kind of bad intention at all. I mean, if you pull over and it's it's truly what is is uh, is laid out in front of you there that you know this is just somebody who needs help. It's a it's a uh, maybe a, a pretty young girl, like you said, and she's on the side of the road and really truly needs help. You know that she's going to be okay if you help her. If you if you do something, if you pass that situation, who knows who the next person that's going to stop to try to help? Her. Oh. It might be somebody. You know, that does not have good intentions. That's not where I thought you were going. That's well, crazy. I mean, that's that's the other possibility. It's yeah. like, okay, you know your side of it. You don't know what's going to happen next. And that's that's another sad thing that you have to think about. You know, like, okay, I, you're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to sure. – you, you do want to make sure that she's okay. But you know the way it will appear if you do pull over. That, you know, so is it better just to call the cops? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? I mean – Well, so how about this, Scott? You mentioned that you had in the past picked up a hitchhiker. Yeah, I'm, but not a hitchhiker. I'm talking somebody that was walking – clearly walking from a, a broken-down vehicle. Okay. Or somebody okay. that I was helping, you know, that was at their car. Sure. Had trouble. Okay. Was overheating yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Just needed to get to that next couple miles. I've never, ever in my life stopped for somebody with their thumb out. Have or you, a sign that says I'm going to uh, you know down to Atlanta to right. get a ride. Never in my life, and I don't think that I ever would. And that's just something that's been kind of put into my head from my parents when I was young. Sure. Don't do that. I think a lot of times, and this is something I want to hear from the truckers in the audience on. A lot of times, you know, people who drive for a living might be less averse, or at least were in past years. Uh, there's an interesting study. One, only one statistic I'll pull out here. Uh, the only agency so far uh, to commission a study on murder rates and hitchhiking was the California Highway Patrol. Uh, in 1974, they found that hitchhiking was a factor in 0.63% of crimes in the state. Oh, very low. So it is It is very low. It and happens, though. It does happen. Yeah, it does happen. And that's the question. You know, what kind of, kind of odds do you want to play? How observant well, are you? And how many violent crimes are happening in California, too? There's probably a significant number. That's so, true. So that 0.63% is just, it a, represents a significant number as well. Right. It just sounds like a, a slimmer piece of pie because there's a bigger pie. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, can I just say yeah. one thing before yeah, we wrap this up? Sure, I want sure. to make this clear because I, I feel so bad when we talk about this. Why? That, that I'm, like I've somehow changed as as a person or as a human that, you know, Oh like man, you, don't like beat you, well, yourself up. Well, that's the thing is like you, when you say, and it's not anything that you've done wrong, or sure, anything, sure. But, it, but it's when you, when you really think about it and it is, it's true is that I guess I'm not quite as much of a helpful person out there on the road as I used to be. 
And and that's just because of my own situation. I try to I have to protect you know myself and my family and all mm-hmm. that. I mean, you have to be conscious of that kind of stuff as you as you grow older. Maybe later, I don't know. Maybe if I did see somebody and I thought, oh, that person needs help, I got to I got to pull over and do something. I would be more apt to do that later in life. But right now, for my situation, I think it's not too smart to stop every time I see something happening on the side of the road. Well, don't beat yourself up again because like, clearly you're the kind of guy who if you see an accident occur, you're going to stop. You're going to help people. You're going to be a witness. Oh, absolutely. If there's an accident so, that happens in front of me, I'm I'm going to be the first one out of the car to try to help somebody, you know, to, to do so. I, I usually, and not to, it's not like self-promotional or anything, sure, but, sure. but I'm usually one to act if I see something happen. Yeah. Like one of the, like, I don't really think about it. I just get out and do whatever has to be done. And then I'll think later, like, that was pretty stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You know, that whatever it was, it was dangerous or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think that way. I usually just, just jump out and do whatever it takes to solve that. Yeah. And, and my wife gets very upset with that. But um, if it's something where, you know, you're just driving by and you see somebody with a flat tire and, and it looks like they got it under control, I'm not really that all that concerned. I think, well, they probably they probably got it there. Yeah, they got the they got the jack out. They got the tire out. Clearly, they know what's going on, um, or somebody will somebody will pull over and help them. I, I, that's the way I'm feeling now. But I used to be one that, of course, I'd pull over and help, even if it looked like they had it under control. I'd still make sure everything was okay. Now, uh, as we we reach toward the end of the podcast, I do want to say that hitchhiking, not not just like as a piece of counterculture, or whatever, is still alive and well in America. In fact. Something similar to hitchhiking is a common practice in Washington, D.C., in the capital. Similar. Yes, yeah, slugging. Slugging. Yeah, slugging is a term, uh, it's a, it's a form of commuting found in D.C. and it's called sometimes instant carpooling, uh, or casual carpooling. So people commuting to the city stop to pick up other passengers, even though they're strangers. It's an organized system, so it's got its own rules, etiquette, specific drop off and pick up times because um, recently, you know, I went to DC for a work trip. And one thing that baffled me was apparently during rush hour in DC. And I, I don't know if you already knew this. You, you can't drive by yourself. I didn't know that. Uh, apparently like at least that's what, so, so that's what my friend told me. She may have been, she may have been spinning stories. Just, but. Just- Fooling you, but but uh, so you're saying every lane on the highway is a is a um, like an HOV lane. Yeah, high occupancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, that's interesting. I I had no idea. Boy, you know what? Going into and out of DC, aren't there something like ten lanes of of highway? Yeah, like I I don't know if I I would love for a listener who's more familiar with DC to tell me tell me if this is true because I haven't looked it up yet. But, but that's what, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, slugging is something um, people in the like people who are working at the Pentagon will use that too because you know a lot of people in the DC area live in Virginia, sure. right? So a, a huge percentage of people are going to the Pentagon to work every day, right? So uh, a car needing additional passengers to meet that three-person HOV minimum pulls up to a slug line, and then they'll have somebody waiting uh, for like the Pentagon, Fourteenth in New York, etc. And, uh, the, sometimes they don't talk to each other at all, but it's, it's been around apparently for about 38 years. So if you say, or, what, uh, sorry, it started in 75. So Ben, this is interesting. If what you, if what your friend was telling you is true, that means that 
every lane on the highway is like an HOV lane, like it's a high occupancy vehicle. Lane. Yeah, but I'm skeptical that you know we'll have to we'll have to find out. I'll contact her and, and listeners. Uh, I'm sure some live in the DC area. Let us know because it sounded really weird to me, but I wasn't driving. Yeah, you know, because we we took a plane and then we were just using cabs. I have no idea if that's true or not. I've driven into DC and it seems like. It, and it seems like you know, on one side of the road going one direction, there were 10 lanes of highway headed into town and out of town. So it was an enormous um, interstate system. I just I, I do have a hard time believing that all of that is right. HOV lane. But, yeah. but you never know. There might be a certain set of time, you know, hours, maybe like two hours or three hours where that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to dig into it and find out. So it's strange. I know that there's no parking in rush hour zones. I, I know that because I saw people get in trouble for it. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, apparently uh, – it is also true that Washington, D.C. has the worst rush hour traffic in the country, mm-hmm. which also makes sense since so many people commute. Uh, but, yeah, we'll we'll find out. That's that's something I heard. I'm going to come back in another episode to confirm it. Uh, you and I have both picked up hitchhikers. But this thing, this is something I want to bring to you listeners. Let us know what you think about hitchhiking. But before we go, I'd like to do something a little different, Scott. I'd like to ask uh, Noel on the air to uh, tell us what, what you think about this. That's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, Noel. Uh, so it, you heard us talking about hitchhiking sure. and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. What's your take? Uh, do you pick up hitchhikers? I think I've been ruined by, like, horror and, and sci-fi television and movies. Like, I think I'm paranoid that, that I will be murdered in my <laughs> car or abducted. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, mean, I think I would probably assess the situation if someone looked like they were really genuinely in trouble. But, like, living around Atlanta, you get panhandled and hit up with crazy stories so often uh-huh. like just no it sounds like you're in my camp exactly that's yeah. a, that's exactly the way i feel and i think i think what he's saying is is exactly the way i look at it right now is that you you have to evaluate every situation if someone is truly truly in a bad spot yeah i'll, I'll definitely pull over and help them out but right now i i've just heard too much yeah, I, ha- I hate to make it sound like it, you know, it's all about like how they look or like surface type things, but you know, so often like that's kind of all you have to assess. The well, situation. yeah, if somebody has like an eye patch and blood on their hands, yeah. you well, know, you know, it just comes down to a gut judgment, and and there's something to a gut decision. There really is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't fault you at, at all for that, Noel. I'm going to go ahead and make the call. Somebody point point this out to me if I'm wrong. I'm going to go ahead and make the call that there's no way there's a mandatory HOV thing in dc it just seems it it doesn't seem realistic what do you think no what's i'm sorry i think i missed that detail well okay so when we were up in dc one of one of my friends who's given us a tour uh she said that she was stuck in the city because she couldn't leave during rush hour because they only had like every lane was nature v lane every lane see that that doesn't sound right kind of the way i feel too but did um, she pull the wool over me you guys possibly Hmm. possibly Oh man, I got. I get. Wait, so same rules would apply as to the HOV lane around here. Like, I mean, you have to take a carpool lane, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But with them, I think for high occupancy vehicles, uh, you have to have three or more people. Jeez, three or more people. Crazier. Every lane, you know, within a certain. There's no. Of time. There's no way. What do you uh, do if it's just you and you ride to work on your own? You just stuck until. No, then you. Uh, what's the name of that term? You, slugging. Slugging. Then you, you carpool slug. with someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's Sounds miserable. <laughs> but, uh, but wait, wait though. Can we agree on air, you guys, that hitchhiking aside, I see we, I have a different philosophy here. Hitchhiking aside, uh, you guys would give me a lift if I was stranded on the road, right? 
Well, you um, sure. Hmm. Maybe. Would you let me use Maybe. your phone to call Noel? It depends on the situation. <laughs> and if I had told, if I had warned you about something on your Monte Carlo and you didn't fix it, and then I saw the Monte Carlo broken down and you yeah. walking, I don't know. I might stop to say something. You could, you could, uh, <laughs> it's a teachable moment. You would stop the honk I and give say, you a lecture? I told you to change that belt. Oh man. Uh, Look, I know I'm the Jesse Pinkman to your Walter White, but that is cold. I am only, jo- I, you know, I'm only joking. I would, I would definitely give you a hand. Ben, and, and, and likewise, you guys. And, and true, and truthfully, I, I think most people are like that with, with people they know. If you see somebody you know, you see a neighbor walking down the road. You're going to pull over and help your neighbor out, unless it's that creepy neighbor that lives in the house that they never know, never mow the grass, you know, it's yeah. like uh, Boo Radley's house or something. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, listeners, we hope, um, I guess we're wrapping up, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, hey, that's Noel's first ever appearance on Car Stuff. I think you're right. Wow. Why have we waited so long? I, you know, I don't want to waste his time. He's a busy guy. <laughs> that's true. He is. He's super busy. And mm-hmm. uh, really, we appreciate him being able to just step in and, and be able to do stuff like this. Yeah. Us. And we want to hear from you. Have you picked up hitchhikers? Uh, have you hitchhiked, hitchhiked, hitchhiked in the past? Yeah, I guess that's the way you say it. How about uh, people that you just, n- not necessarily hitchhiking, but people that are in distress? Because that's the camp I'm in. Mm-hmm. Not hitchhikers, but people in distress. I've helped them. Yeah. So, so there's like two sides to this whole thing, but it's a great question, Ben. Well, yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for uh, playing the mystery show game with me. Uh, I hope it wasn't was it too weird. Well, it leads to a lot of kind of like moral questions, doesn't it? It uh, does. It, it was unexpected, it, unexpectedly a moral episode. Yeah, it really was. And I, I don't know. I feel I always feel awkward when I have to answer this this question because we've talked about it in the past. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, no, no, it's, it's perfectly fine because I'm consistent with it because I've this truly the way I feel. I mean, I always say like I'll do this, but there's a caveat with this, and and I'll, I won't do that ever. But there's also a little caveat to that one. Let me tell you just before we go off the air. Uh, let me tell you the the worst situation to me. The most uh, Larry David curb your enthusiasm situations happened to me. Uh, this has happened twice uh, in the past year. So like. Twice over maybe 2014. Uh, I'm walking somewhere. I'm the pedestrian, right? And uh, I'm just in my neighborhood at the time. And I think at one time I was heading up to, uh, I was heading up to the store or something. Not, not a big trip, right? And as I'm walking up, see this lady in, I want to say a Tahoe, uh, hit a an obstruction in the road and her back right tire busts out and I'm literally walking by Scott and I don't want to help her at all and but there's a kid in the back and you know the tire is like the tire is done you can see the sidewall it it just flattens it's a a blowout right right. and so I felt obligated to stop because I was literally walking by and there was a, someone else coming from the other direction, on the other side of the sidewalk. And you could tell this guy's visible relief. He was like, oh, he's the one who got stuck doing it. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. And yeah, you know what, though? I mean, you probably felt really good about helping afterwards, didn't you? Did I? Oh, <laughs> you know you did because you, you do have a good feeling when you do help somebody out with uh, that. I mean, you really do. Well, let, let, you know, at the time, I just felt like it was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was like, <laughs> of course. Fine. This has to happen to me today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was already expecting her not to have a spare. She's having the worst day ever. You have to help her out. But you, for some reason, you think it's like your problem. Right. She wasn't ha- like the the lady was 
was super nice and uh and the the kid was cool she wasn't like it wasn't like a, a bad situation this but wasn't like the it's about time lady no no completely different uh and it was just you know uh it was just kind of me being more reluctant than i should have well, been you're being a good citizen ben I guess, but I was complaining about it the whole way. Man, at the that night, I was I wouldn't shut up about. It. I'm well, sure my friends hated me. Probably sore too. You know, was, when you do something like that, you're not used to doing something like that. Changing a tire on a truck. Oh man, uh, you know the main thing was just that I was dressed kind of nice. That was part of it oh, too. Okay. So I was like, hold on, let me. But you know, you did the right thing. Well, thanks, man. That's that's very kind to say. I think I did what anybody else would have done. Ah, see, you say that, but uh, you know. You never know. You never know. Uh, you would have done the same thing, and our listeners probably would too, uh, unless there were another emergency that you were on the way to. So let us know. We want to hear your stories. And Scott, you're right. This is kind of accidentally became an episode about morality and realism and, and changing times. You know, it's, it's yeah. not quite what it was 25 years ago or 30 True. years ago. It's, right. It's a little different now. The environment's different, or at least we perceive it as being different. I think we could say it's different yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, yeah. some perception, but I think it truly has changed. Yeah. Well, uh, we'd like to hear from you guys. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter where we are Car Stuff HSW. You can check out all of our other shows on carstuffshow.com. And, uh, if, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're ever hitchhiking in Atlanta, it helps to be a Car Stuff fan. <laughs> yeah. Take, maybe include that on your sign and maybe Ben or I'll pick you up. Yeah. 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 You maybe never even know. Maybe Noel. You never know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe Noel. Maybe. maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. He He's seemed pretty against it. A little skittish about it. Yeah. I am too. But uh, if you want to, uh, we, we'd love to have some uh, hitchhiking or breakdown stories that we could tell in, or we could read in later episodes. So if you've got one, if you got a good one, uh, and a true one, no fiction, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.